the best part of my life is also the hardest part of my life. And that is being a working from home, stay at home parent. To clarify, I'm talking about doing both at the same time, right? Okay, I'm doing a work from home job. I'm click clacking away on my computer. But I'm also being the primary caretaker of my children. For context, I have two kids. I have a two-year-old and a seven-month-old baby. Um, My husband actually also works from home, so all four of us are home all the time. And like I said, I love it. It really is one of the sweetest parts of my life. But it is also the hardest part of my life. And so I'm really excited to record this episode. I've been at it for about two-ish, a soft two years now working from home and parenting from home. Let me tell you guys this. This is not my first time recording this episode. It's not because I recorded it once and I had so much like mom language, I guess. I had in my mind, I wanted to record this episode as working from home, stay at home mom tips and tricks I've learned, you know, something of that nature. And I think in 2023, something that's beautiful that's happening is we are empowering dads more than ever before in history, in my opinion. And there's all this, I don't know if jokes, <laughs> jokes that are bringing awareness to the idea that the bar is at a, at a very different place for dads sometimes than moms. Um, just so your brain's not wandering, I'll give you an example. It's the idea of, you know, you go to a park and you see a mom pushing their kid on a swing. You don't think anything of it. You go to the park, you see a dad pushing their kid on the swing, and you think, oh my gosh, they're such a great dad. It's it's that that I'm kind of touching on. And I'm all about empowering dads. I really am. And one of the biggest things, and this a soapbox I could get on, but I'm, I don't really feel like now is the time or the place, is the language we use matters. Go online and look for mom hacks. Literally none of them have to do with being a mom. They all have to do with being a parent. And so... I am not going to be contributing to that online, and I just want to say I'm speaking from a mom's perspective, but really there isn't anything I'm going to say that's not a parenting a parenting tip, trick, hack, or lesson. This applies to moms and dads alike. Actually, I'm, I wrote some names at the top of my notes this morning of people I know that are working stay-at-home moms, and there is one working stay-at-home dad that I have on the top of my list that I'm thinking about as I'm giving you guys this episode this morning. So with that, here we go. If you're working from home and you're parenting, I think this episode will be really helpful to you. I also feel like just a little bit more context about the nature of my job would be a little bit helpful. So here's the thing. I work part-time, which ends up feeling like full-time because Everything takes a little bit longer with children. Um, for my church, I'm the volunteer coordinator. Um, to clarify, I don't volunteer to coordinate. I coordinate the volunteers. So think like making sure there's enough teachers in the kids' ministry, enough people on the stage, all that kind of thing. And then I have a lot of side projects and jobs I'm also working on. I'm hosting mom walks through the mom walk co in my city so i'm doing a lot of social media management for that um soft launch alert i'm in the process of partnering with wheat and honey co and i have a devotional coming out this february i'm writing for them and they're they're going to be making the cover look so beautiful and selling it through their online shop so if you're listening, you're catching this soft launch. I, I am writing a motherhood devotional that'll be out this February. So I'm busy doing writing deadlines. And then 
obviously you guys know you push play. I like to make this podcast. I like to, I consider myself a digital creator as I like to make content online for TikTok and Instagram. So with all of that, there are no office hours, particularly with my actual, like my job job doing volunteer coordination. If a volunteer needs to text me that they're not going to be able to make it at 3 p.m. on a Tuesday, well, then that means I'm working at 3 p.m. on a Tuesday. Do you know what I mean? There are no, like, from 5 a.m. to 10 o'clock, I will do my job, and then at 10 o'clock, I'm going to the library with my kids, and I'm fully in mom mode. They're really, it's not tidy. It's 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 a very messy schedule. So, if you have a tidier schedule, um, you may feel like you have a little bit more oomph to kind of break this up, but these are kind of more of the t- tips and tricks and lessons I've learned, particularly from having everything kind of all blend together. Okay, so let's get started. Okay, so this episode is for you. If you're still here and you are not a work-from-home parent, I just want to say mm, welcome. You do belong here because you are I'm sure in some capacity working from home, you're managing a family budget while watching your kids. You're planning meal trip, meal, excuse me. (laughs) You're planning your groceries. You're planning when you're going to get the stuff from H-E. Okay. If you're here in this episode, is it necessarily for you entitled? You may not be a working from home parent. I just want to say, Hey, you actually might be, I would be willing to bet there is a time when you're taking care of your kids and you're also multitasking doing domestic chores, care tasks, i.e. planning the family meal plan. When are you going to go to the grocery store? I'm reviewing my family budget, looking over the calendar. There, there is work involved that you are probably doing and taking care of your kids at the same time. So don't count yourself out just yet. You belong here. Okay, so here we go. I'm going to rapid fire a couple of like small things, and then I really have four main things I really want to give you guys today. So here we go. The first one is obvious. If you're working from home, I have had to learn that I'm going to have a different capacity. I didn't realize I maybe put my identity in the type of employee or student, per se. I was before kids, but it's going to change everything. It really is. And so... I have a completely different capacity where I'm showing up a little bit different. Am I getting things in super early? No, I'm really not. I'm just not. And that's okay. And so the first lesson I've had to learn is my capacity is going to be different. And that one sounds so obvious, but sometimes our brains don't want to get on board because we're comparing ourselves to the way we used to be able to show up. And that's similar to the the whole we can't be comparing ourselves to the ideal version of us. And sometimes, so many times when we're comparing ourselves to others, our brain recognizes it as comparison. But when we are comparing ourselves to us, an older version of us that had a completely different lifestyle or an idealized version of us, we don't necessarily realize it's comparison right off the bat. And so it makes it a little bit hard to catch or fight or repent. And that's a Christian word, but to turn from and be like, and recognize that's not the best thing for us, right? So, hello, different capacity. That's the first main lesson I've had to learn. The second thing is, obviously, there's some tetrising and strategy involved in planning our day. There obviously has to be. But the biggest shift I've made is asking myself, what actually needs silence? 
mind inclination is whenever I'm utilizing screen time or the kids are really lost in independent play to think, oh, good, I'm going to unload the dishwasher because, you know, like their little hands will be getting involved when I'm trying to unload or I just naturally am like, good, I can get stuff done around the house. I'm going to mop. They're sitting down. I'm mopping. And I have found that it works better if I go in and say, this chore is going to take twice as long, maybe even three times as long because I'm going to let them get involved in it. I'm going to let them make it messier. I'm going to go so slow and help them put every fork out of the dishwasher back to where it goes. And then I'm going to use the time that they're occupied that is silent, I say loosely, to actually do the work that I really can't, I cannot involve them in my calendar management. I can't. And they're not interested in that. So I'm going to go slower with the chores so I can involve them in, excuse me, I'm going to involve them in in the chores and go slower so I can use my silence for things that I actually cannot involve them in. So restructuring my day and really being strategic. What do I actually need to be quiet for today? Really helps. Okay. Having safe spaces has been huge. I have to say it is not realistic for anybody's brain to be reading or composing an email and responsible with fully watching your most precious, precious children. There's no way that even science will say that's not how the brain works. That's multitasking is just a quick flip back and forth, back and forth. And if you know anything about babies or toddlers, you know that you take your eyes off them for an actual split second. Mm -mm, You could have missed something huge. I'm not even talking about, I guess I could go the sweet route and say I'm talking about milestones, but I'm really not even talking about milestones. I'm not talking about them standing up on the side of the couch for the first time. I'm talking about them jumping on the entertainment table. I'm talking about them opening up a bag of who knows what in your pantry and spilling on the floor, right? I'm talking about them doing maybe something a little unsafe. So yeah, it is not realistic to expect yourself to be able to fully watch them and fully do your job at the same time. Thus, I would say we have created what we call a yes space downstairs. And a yes space pretty much is a space that's fully childproof, fully safe, and full of very minimal no's. So there's really nothing downstairs that my kids could get into or explore or pull out that would be a no. A no for my sanity or a no for their safety. Obviously, there are going to be some caveats. If they got really super inventive and figured out how to like, I don't know, push furniture together so they could jump on top of the TV, well, yeah, that's going to be a no. But taking out some major creative liberties, then I would say downstairs is a yes space. There is a little, one of those big, I'm sure you've seen it on Amazon. I can link it to you. Um, Pack and plays that's almost the same size as a queen bed, pretty much, that you can zip the kids in, especially for crawlers. It lets them like have the place to crawl and to get into stuff, but they're not like, they're not roaming the home. I can get on my computer. I can start writing an email. I can start responding to text messages. I can do what I need to do. And I will say my side eye on them is sufficient. And that has been huge. There have been times that we've traveled, whether we're at a hotel or at like a grandparent or relative's house that, you know, 
the show must go on and I'm still parenting and I'm still doing my job and I've actually wanted to pull my hair out and scream because it is so incredibly difficult to do your job and super super duper watch your kids for the whole the whole day it's personally I'm not capable so yes spaces are your friend and then the last quick little one I have is asking yourself does getting dressed actually matter ah online people are telling you you got to get up you got to show up you got to get your clothes on every day and I feel like that was a message that we really linked just to mental health especially in the pandemic and let me just say this I am about it but I would ask yourself does it actually matter for me did God actually wire me and my brain and my circumstances in a way where I need to get dressed every day I'll say this and more on this later but I love that I can be in my pajamas at 11 a.m. I love that my kids can be in their pajamas at 11 a.m. That is one of the perks of being a working from home, stay at home parent. So if I receive this advice on the internet without checking it with my actual life, does this actually matter with my situation? Then I actually might be missing out a little bit. Just for full transparency, if you're curious, (laughs) I try to get dressed three to four days of the week. Um, And by dressed, I mean like, a matching outfit, I'll comb my hair, I'll, I feel put together. But if the day is really heavy of chores, I don't want to be fully dressed when I'm scrubbing my bathtub. I don't. I really don't. And I don't want my kids to have to like wake up and get clothes on every morning at a rigorous pace for what? For us to sit at home all day watching movies and playing farm, you know? So I just encourage you, even with any advice you receive from the internet, this podcast absolutely being one of them, to just take it to your own life and your own experience, the way God wired you, the the circumstances he has you in, and ask him and yourself, does this really actually matter or am I just adding another should to my life? Okay, here are my last four tips, tricks, lessons, hybrid of all of those that I will say are it. These are the main ones I want you to hear. These are the ones that keep me afloat. Okay, here we go. I posted a reel about recording this podcast at five in the morning and I talked about making the bar in my kitchen little bar area a standing desk and I think I said something like silly like and listen to this podcast so you know why (laughs) but here it is one of my biggest tip that is absolutely free may I add is standing to work here it is If my kids are sitting on the living room floor, I want you to imagine this with me, on the living room floor, my son, my seven-month-old son, he has so many teether toys nearby. He's so, he's so happy. My daughter, there's a dollhouse with all the little furniture and the people, and my son's not even interested in playing. He shouldn't even have to share. And we are just entering a deep sense of independent play. It's a beautiful, beautiful sight. I sit down at the kitchen table. I can look at them. They can look at me. I open my computer. Something about that sitting posture communicates, I'm here for a while and I'm here to work. And that is true with, you know, with coworkers, with with peers. But I'm going to go ahead and say, I think our kids pick up on the body language. They really do. My kids, they will play for maybe two minutes and then they're interested. What is mom doing? What is she doing that is keeping her so put? And 
when I find that I put my computer on the bar and I use it as a makeshift standing desk, that body language communicates, oh, I'm just doing something real quick, but like I'm here. Emotionally, I'm here on the floor with you guys. I'm just taking care of something real quick. I think it really gives them like that that sense of security and freedom like, oh, our mom's not going to be there for a while. And it allows them to get into independent play because I'm right there. Now, could this be the way my children are wired? Um, yeah, it absolutely could. So test it out. Run your own experiments at home for sure. But I'm going to say this. The amount of work I can get done standing, astronomical compared to the amount of work I can get done sitting. Does it have health benefits? Sure it does, but that's not what this is about. This is about being able to communicate through my body language that I'm present here. My work is not more important than what they're doing. And feel free to get lost in independent play. I'll be right here. So if you try it, I don't know, DM me or text me because I'm I'm cheering for everybody who's doing this because this is so incredibly hard. I am aggressively cheering for you and I want to know, does having standing posture help your work life and your family? Okay. My other big one is, it's a big one. It's your relationship with screen time. So here's, here it is. I have found that my family needs this lifestyle. We need me to have a paycheck. If I'm being just serious, we need me to have a paycheck. We need us to not be paying for daycare. We, that's just that's just what it's looking like right now. Emotionally, I really want to be home, especially in these little years, and get to be with them. I I would like this lifestyle. I really do. But I have to say, like, part of this decision is there is going to be a trade-off. I am not going to be as present as maybe I perceive other stay-at-home parents to be because I do have a job. (laughs) And with that means we are probably going to watch maybe a little bit more TV than other families. And if your kids are going to a Mother's Day Out program or a daycare and you bring them home and you are wanting to spend every split second with them, that's amazing. And I can make up these stories in my head that make me feel like you're being a more present parent than me. Or, vi- or there's so much comparison that could be going on. So I would say this to you. You have to be on offense when it comes to what your relationship and your boundaries with screen tra- time is going to be. Because if you're just using screen time out of this reactive state, it's going to be really hard to combat the guilt that comes with, oh my gosh, are they watching too much TV? Oh my gosh, do they just perceive me as a mom who's always on their phone, even though I'm working? So I'll share mine. Mine are, I plan ahead the the morning of i already can tell you what my kids are going to watch because that makes me feel like i'm in control and i'm not just like ah throwing a remote at them so i'm picking ahead of time what are they going to watch i also am saying it's part of the trade-off and it's not worth it to me if i'm going to feel guilty then i would rather re- rework my lifestyle you know part of this trade-off is i get to be home and I get to be there and we get to play and there's so many perks, which I'll get into later, but I do, they are going to watch an hour plus of TV every day. They they are every single day, an hour plus. I'm telling you guys right now. So um, some other things regarding screen time that helped me is first off, um, we're a big fan of Miss Rachel songs, songs for littles. If you haven't YouTube debt 
And we're a big fan of watching shows that I used to watch when I'm a late 90s baby. So think like Clifford, Roly Poly Oli, Little Bear, Franklin, Bernstein Bears, literally YouTube, any of it. It's going to pop right up. And it's so fun to have such sweet, nostalgic shows in the background. I'm not coming for today's shows. And I love I love what they're up to today with the, with the film and education world because, you know, like I said, we love Miss Rachel, but it's sweet to kind of have the shows that I used to watch in the background. Like Millie's a huge Barney girl. I don't think kids are really watching Barney nowadays. We are. And we exhaust that soundtrack. I'll tell you that right now. We're a Barney family. With that, I'll say it's been awesome to see her learn things from the TV that I didn't personally teach her. I can remember when she was a little bit younger, maybe think early, she had just turned one. I can remember me and my husband having to Google what do certain signs mean because she was learning sign language online. And we were like, yeah, I didn't know you were asking for a juice. We're so sorry. <laughs> and there are there are great benefits to um, a lot of the shows online. So stop the narrative that it's all bad and it's making their brains turn to mush. I look back on my childhood and I'm going to be honest. I look back on the amount of TV we watched so fondly. I think I loved getting to watch shows. I feel like I like learned my sense of humor per se from watching TV. I feel like I picked up on social cues sometimes from watching TV. I maybe I'm being silly and embarrassing myself, but I look back on it fondly and I would be willing to bet a lot of you guys do too. And so I remind myself when I put the TV on again, as opposed to being like, oh, I bet you my kids are thinking, oh, my mom's on her phone so much or whatever. I'm thinking, oh, they're probably really excited. They probably are thinking something along the lines of, oh, yay. I'm so excited. My mom's letting me watch Moana. So with that, you've got to be proactive with screen time because it, the enemy, here I am getting Christian-y, could easily make it, you feel really guilty about it. That's what he wants. And I'm here to say, we, we don't really be having room for that. We just don't. So be offense, be offensive on your boundaries and relationship with screen time. Okay, and then here might be my, one of my favorite tips and lessons that I am continually telling myself every day. And this one I'm titling, Defend Your Perks. Here's what I mean. There are major perks from having a work from home job. There are. There are major perks to being a stay-at-home mom or dad. There really are. And so often I feel like these two worlds are almost coming after one another. There's an illusion that they are trying to choke each other out, that when you're working from home, you just want your kids to be quieter and quieter and quieter and minimize, minimize, so you can really be a present employee. But also while you're mothering or fathering, you don't want to get an email, you don't want to be on a Zoom, and you just want to, you know, quiet, quiet, quiet that so you can be on the floor and, I don't know, bake the bread or whatever, organize the play closet. It feels sometimes that they're coming after one another, and they're not. They're not. It's just we're doing some objective hard work out here. And so with that, one of them is coming for the other thing. I find that it's natural for us to kind of pick one to really press into, thus choking out some of the fun perks, the joy that the other one holds. So for me, a major, major perk from getting to be a stay-at-home mom is playdates. I love that we can say yes to playdates whenever. You want to meet me at 9.30 at a park? Okay, I'll be there. You want to go get donuts at 8 in the morning? Okay, I'm there. 3 o'clock, you want to go to Splash Pod? I got nothing going on. I love that I can say yes to 
pretty much any play date. Another thing I absolutely love about this lifestyle is that we can have, I say it air quotes, no routine days. I love that we can, our kids can sleep in till nine. And if a small part of you is like, what, your kids sleep until nine? Can't be comparing. We just can't be because they don't go to bed till 11. Okay. I love that they can sleep until nine. And my husband and us, we can all go into the garage in our jammies and he can make us a beautiful, beautiful country breakfast on his Blackstone at 11 o'clock like we don't have a job. It's amazing. I love that. I love that we can have these slow mornings. I love that I can be making chocolate chip pancakes, you know, 1030. That's a major perk for me. Um, I like part of being home. This kind of goes more into like a work from home. I like that I can actually cook a lunch. I like the way my body feels when I eat not a lunchable and I eat like a lunch lunch. I'm talking about maybe like a little ground turkey taco bowl per se. And I want to be able to cook that and I'm home. So I love that I can make an actual lunch. I like the way my brain feels when I'm working. I just do. Personally, I don't like being in a place where I'm like, happy what Tuesday? What is it Wednesday? I <laughs> I don't even know what day it is. I've lived like that before. It's not my style. I like to know where we are in the week. I don't like everything to be a big fat blur. I feel like having a job. I have meetings on Monday. Okay, so I know today's Monday. I like knowing what, where we are in the week. That sounds silly, but that's important to me. I like the dopamine hit I get whenever I problem solve something at work. I like the dopamine hit I get when I get to organize a calendar or reach out and cross things off of a to-do list at work that involved a different type of brain muscle than what I'm using when I'm sitting on the floor playing dollhouses. So there are so many, there are, those are the perks to me. And, you, and obviously they may not be your perks. You got to figure out what they are for you. And so, so easy. It's, it's, they go away so easy. I'm like, oh, no, I can't say yes to a play date because, you know, I have a meeting before and it would be a quick turnaround. And it's like, no, I'm going to say yes to that play date because I holding on to the perks is going to be what keeps me going. If I don't fight to keep these perks, first off, they're going to, they somehow dissolve. I do not know how, but they will dissolve. And then I just am stuck in the, a really hard work schedule and a really hard mothering schedule where I feel like they're both trying to squish one another and that's not fun. So I would say to you, there are major joys that come from getting to be home with your kids and getting to work. There, there are, and you have to figure out what are your favorite parts about this lifestyle and how can I protect them? How can I strategize a way to keep them in my day? I know that on Wednesdays, I like to not maybe not plan anything in the morning and kind of plan to get a bigger breakfast going later and have the kids sleep in. I like having that illusion of we have nowhere to go. It's a Saturday morning. And so I'm going to protect that because that makes me want to keep going with this work from home, stay at home lifestyle. I touched on it feeling like my work life is coming after my mom life and my mom life is coming out of my work life. And I, I know this is something that you guys feel because uh, it's hard. Even if you're not working from home, just the idea of having to balance everything is so hard. So the two things that are coming to my mind that I, I want to share is 
Balance cannot be measured in 24-hour increments. I've, I've said this before. I've heard it said before. I really do encourage you to zoom out. There are going to be days that you are going to do way more parenting than you are working and vice versa. There are going to be days that you're going to do way more working than you do parenting and that's okay. And if you lay your head on your pillow at night and you are assessing how much you did it each in that one day, I'm going to go ahead and guess you're going to feel defeated every night. I feel defeated every night I do it. But if I think about it, maybe in terms of a week or a month, Monday, I did a, a lot more parenting. Tuesday was a pretty even split. Wednesday, Thursday, work, work. We use, we use a lot of screen time Wednesday and Thursday. Friday, okay, I'm gonna, we're going to go to the museum, and I'm going to work maybe after the kids go to bed. That is, a, I think, a much healthier way to assess the balance of wanting to be a present mom and wanting to be a hardworking employee. So I would say we we have to stop doing the 24-hour measuring stick. Maybe for you it's a month. Maybe it's you have two weeks this month where there's a deadline and you're working and you're working and you're working and you're working. But then you know once that project's done, you have two weeks where you can kind of coast at work. There's a natural slower pace at work. Okay, well now we're going to be doing maybe a little bit more crafts. Maybe I'm planning special meals that my I can spend time with my little ones cooking in the kitchen. Maybe we're going on a little bit more play dates. Maybe we are getting a membership to the museum. And there's a balance there that you would just feel so incredibly defeated if you did it, if you measured it every day at the end of the day. So with that, another thing I'd, I'd have to say for me that I really want you to think about if this applies to you, because without getting bossy, I'm going to say it probably does, is when your life is set up to feel like being a mom is an inconvenience to your job and being an employee is an inconvenience to your momming or your dading. The last thing I want is other voices reiterating that feeling I'm already capping to combat. For me, those voices live online. I personally have absolutely no room for any type of like negative talk about being a parent, whether that be some type of content online that's like joking like ha 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 like I have to have my wine to get through the day or like it's so like being a mom is like it's so hard like who are my where are my moms at who want to be real about it and is there a place for this content sure there actually could be not in my life though I do not do not have the margin for any type of like even like well-meaning joke that motherhood is just like so hard or you have to miss out or any of that going to the grocery store, people are obviously going to say, well, you have your hands full. I don't find that to be encouraging. I just don't. And so I don't have the, I don't have the margin to banter and act like that was just like the most okay thing to say to a mom (laughs) who is literally wrangling two babies right now. And so I've heard it called a detox before, but with that, I would say, figure out, do you actually have the margin for the voices that are reiterating the most, the frustrating feeling that you're being pulled in multiple directions? I bet you don't. Without being too bossy, I bet you don't. And so looking where are those voices coming from and how do I, how do I shush them? Is it a relative? Is it online? Is it a TV show? 
this is so silly and I might be embarrassed that I'm sharing this, but when I figured out I was pregnant with my first, I was working a nine to five job that I genuinely really liked and really wanted to like climb the ladder in. I was an executive assistant for a music company in a music school and I loved it. I loved it. But there was just so much in TV that painted like motherhood and career being at war with one another. And I was in too, too fragile a place to watch it. I couldn't, I could not watch it without like crying, spiraling into a really dark place. But Fuller House, it's, it's a pure show. It's corny as heck though. I'll warn you if you haven't seen it. DJ Tanner, that woman, she's a vet. I would never want to be a vet. But she is also a mom of three, and she approaches both of them with such joy. It was such a soft space for me to land. I would watch it every night because I loved seeing it. I loved seeing her do both and enjoy both. And I can remember going over to my mom's house and spending time with my siblings, and we'd all want to watch a show. And I would be just willing to die on the hill that we had to watch Fuller House. And they would always be like, Ashley, it is not good. I do not. It's too corny. It is not good. It is not good. And I don't care. I couldn't. I don't have time to hear the haters because we are watching Fuller House because I could not watch anything that painted motherhood and working in any other light than it is something to be enjoyed. And so um, if I haven't seen it since. And so if it's a really embarrassing show or if it's really corny and I'm embarrassing myself, so be it. <laughs> so be it. But there's that. No room for death speaking over being a working stay-at-home parent. So here's where it gets a little extra Christian in language. But there's no way around it, you guys. Here it is. Grace. I said it. We have to have grace on ourselves when we're doing this. There is nobody else in history who has done this before. If you you can Google the data, Google the data that women are working more than ever, that work from home jobs exist. I could just stop there, (laughs) that they exist and they used to not really exist. More people are working from home than ever before in history and more women are working and childcare is expensive. There, there are stats that I hope you find encouraging that if this is really hard, yeah, it's because we're paving a way right now. We are doing what has never really been done. There are moms you probably have in your life. There are dads you probably have in your life that have been, I mean, you're a little farther in their parenting journey that you really look up to. And I would say, amazing. But please remember that they probably haven't been working from home and parenting for multiple, multiple, multiple years. We, the comparison game, it's just got to stop. Nobody is, nobody is doing this. People will stay online. There's just not enough time in the day to mother, to work, and to keep up a home. And at first when I hear that, I'm like, stop speaking such a lack over your life. But I also think with that, we have to say, yeah, maybe maybe that's just touching on the idea that we just can't do all of it all the time. And are we expecting ourselves to do all of it all the time? Here's the thing. Maybe the question should be, how are we going to plan to accept grace in this, in this lifestyle? Because we're going to need it. We can absolutely count on getting it wrong. 
that's the thing. We can absolutely count on getting it wrong. For just vulnerability and transparency sake, I do have a little mental breakdown every day at 4.30. It's a full hard day. It's a full hard day with boundaryless work, you know, boundaryless parenting. I'm working all day. I'm parenting all day. The kids are, they're running into the bathroom when you feel entitled to having just an actual two seconds to yourself. It, it's hard. And that doesn't mean it's not a joy, but it's hard. And it, you can count on me <laughs> to, to hit a wall. You can count on me to scream. You can count on me to prioritize one thing over another. I'm, maybe I'm going to be late on a deadline. I really, I really wish I wasn't. Maybe I'm going to have a shorter fuse with my children because I just sat through a Zoom meeting and my brain is going 100 miles per hour and I want to just like keep that momentum going and really press into work, but it's not time for that. It's time to do a diaper change. It's time to make a lunch. It's time to put a baby down for a nap. And then I feel the tension in my brain of so much positive momentum that I'm having to squish and that doesn't feel right. It, there's mental gymnastics involved and you can count on me to get it wrong. But here's the, here's the thing. I can count on God to be stronger in me than I can count on my sin nature. Let me say that in not Christian terms. I can count on the grace readily available. I can count on God's approachability. I can count on him giving me some type of encouragement through various forms, whether it be people, media, a book, a sermon, his word, a still small voice in my head, a coincidence, more than I can count on me getting it wrong. Both are going to happen. I am going to get it wrong. I am going to snap. I am going to be human. But What's stronger than that is the Holy Spirit being our helper. What's stronger than that is the Holy Spirit encouraging us to press into the forgiveness and the grace. It's been said that we preach the gospel when we need the gospel. When my kids see me lose my cool and have to turn and say, that was not the best. I am so sorry. I, you have been asking for chocolate milk over and over again. And I actually have ignored you for two minutes because I've been doing this silly email or I've been doom scrolling because I just feel like my body needs a second or I've been prior, whatever it may be to say, I'm I'm so sorry. I didn't even tell you that I needed a moment. I'm so sorry that I ignored you. And I walk them through in real time, me accepting the absolute forgiveness and grace that is just gushing down on my head. (laughs) They're seeing me need the gospel. They're seeing me get refreshed by the gospel. They're seeing God as trustworthy. I'm preaching the gospel to them. So do not believe the narrative in your head that it's a waste that, oh, I messed up. It's time for me to do better. Okay, well, maybe you messed up, but maybe God is still good and he is still shaping their hearts in those moments. I'm saying maybe to be gentle with my language, but it's actually not a maybe. God is using our weaknesses to preach his goodness, his closeness, his approachability, his provision to our children who are watching, maybe our coworkers who are watching, our spouse who's watching, and our own hearts who are are watching. So... We've got to count on God's provision, his encouragement, his strength, his strategy, 
him being here with us, Holy Spirit, helping us make good decisions and accept grace more than we can count on us getting it wrong. And I'm saying a lot because we can wake up every morning counting on it wrong, but all the more we can count on God being here in our midst, co-parenting with us, helping us in our jobs. There is grace for you, mom. There is grace for you, dad, as you are navigating what feels like absolutely uncharted waters, as you are navigating not only going through uncharted waters, but consuming media that is telling you you're doing a bad job, consuming media that is giving you a guideline to compare yourself to that is faulty. There is so much grace for you. And in those moments you get it wrong, it's not even that you're getting it wrong. It's that God is still stronger in those moments and he's preaching his good news by you needing his good news. You've got it. God is strong in you. He is present. He's present in these hard days. With that, I just want to say I'm cheering for you. I'm cheering for God. I'm cheering for you. You've got it. If you want to talk, one of my perks is I'm available for playdates and I'm available to talk on the phone at really any time of the day. So if this episode is something that you want to talk through, please, please DM me. I'm on Instagram at Ash Surratt. I'm on TikTok at Ashley Surratt. I will link this in the show notes. Did you know that the best way for, or the number one way podcasts get around is either by word of mouth or by sharing on social media. So if this message spoke to you, encouraged you, or you know a stay-at-home parent, or you know somebody who's wanting to be a stay-at-home parent, if you would share this episode with them, I, I really believe it would encourage them, but it would, it would also mean so much to me in this podcast I really believe in that I'm trying to grow. Hey, I know you press play on this and the algorithm didn't just like immediately start pl- like playing this video for you. There is some intentionality in you listening to this today. And so I just want to honor that and say, thank you so much. Thank you so much. With that, I'm cheering for you, like I said, and I will be seeing you guys on the next episode.